When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre here, and we've got a new strength coach to talk about. Familiar name for you guys. And we'll also get into some UF hoops in baseball as the Gators uh, open up their 2024 season. Rained out a little bit, uh, but still got some games in this past week, including a sweep. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Uh, yeah, had a, a a slower weekend than I thought uh, I would have. Uh, got rained out pretty early. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's really cold in Gainesville right now. Uh, hoodies, hoodies are needed. Was up in Jacksonville Tuesday. It was really cold. It was cold at the park last night. And uh, the Ivy Leaguers from Columbia coming in. I'm sure it'll be nice and cold for them uh, this weekend as well. But spring sports in full swing and we are i think one month away or three weeks away three weeks two two weeks away from spring football right now so busy times busy times obviously uh one of those sports in full swing is men's hoops skaters uh, a tough one last night in tuscaloosa that we'll talk about later in the show and, and the impacts of that but uh, we got to start with the news of the week on the football front and that is the gators Having a new head strength coach, or uh, as it's now titled here, director of football performance. That's not the only uh, Ford is not the titles. only place that. Yeah, well, Ford is not the only place that has that title. To be fair, uh, for strength coaches, um, uh, but that is the new title for Tyler Miles, who was uh, previously on staff as director of player athletic development, and is now, and that's really kind of the sports science realm. And he had replaced Joe uh, Danos, who went to. Uh, the Denver Broncos and uh, Tyler comes over. We had talked about him last week, leading the program on the interim basis. Certainly, somebody that we thought could get promoted, and uh, it didn't take long, Nick, for Billy to make that move. Yeah, I think the, the question was that we had would be, um, you know, Billy had just done a search. He's definitely got a short list of guys. Uh, would he go outside? Um, we put up, you know, on Gators Online that there was a lot of uh, support inside the locker room from the players for Tyler to, to just get the job um, yeah. two weeks until spring. And you only have nine assistant coaches and didn't have a strength coach. Like, Hey, let's just not make this more difficult than it needs to be. Um, Tyler has good credentials. He's young. Uh, the players like him. Um, so it seemed like an easy decision uh, for Billy and, and his staff. And one thing we didn't mention in discussing him last week, Nick, is that he is in some ways uh, a protege of Craig Fitzgerald or was influenced by him as a young strength coach because they were together for a year at the University of Tennessee when he was the head strength coach mm -hmm. uh, for the Vols and Tyler Miles was there as a student intern. So they had already crossed paths and worked together for a whole season and then, as we discussed on last, last week's show, Nick, when he got hired, Craig Fitzgerald, that is, and came to Florida, 
both he and Tyler planned and wrote the offseason program together. And in terms of the workouts, the format, the schedule, that was all something that that he did in, you know, uh, with Tyler Miles in mind, because he on the sports science side, they have to be in sync. And so not only did he was was he part of planning that, but he has the blueprint. Uh, all the workouts that they did for the first phase under Fitzgerald, Miles was right there seeing them get executed. And then everything that they were going to do for phase two, for phase four, five, he already has that blueprint. So um, I think that's certainly something significant that you had to take into account. Did you really want to bring in a new strength coach with a new regimen, with new workouts, and blow it all up again as opposed to having somebody just run what Fitzgerald was going to run anyway? Um, I, I, I think that you know the latter makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the timing of it, you know, we talked about it in the last show. The timing of it is is bad. Um, the, the NFL schedule and the college schedules don't run parallel to each other, really, when it comes to, you know, coaching staffs, things like that. So uh, it, the move makes a lot of sense to me. Um, being on your third strength coach in three years isn't great, and I don't think you needed to, you know, like you said, kind of, go outside and then have a new guy come in, doesn't know the players, what they've been doing, injury history. Tyler Miles in, in his role had kind of been running, uh, we used to call it the pit when guys are hurt and they're, you know, doing stuff outside or off to the side during practice. Um, so you have someone who's familiar with the program, familiar with what the expectations are and familiar with the players they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, with 14 days until spring starts, I think it's, it's a seamless transition where if you wanted to go outside, you would have a strength coach who is potentially still learning names uh, when pads are coming on for spring camp. And I know you've reported this, Nick, you've talked about on this show and and also on Andy's show, but um, the importance of players liking this guy and vouching for this guy and wanting this guy to be uh, promoted, how much do you think, that mattered and how significant is that, you know, based on where this, where this came from? Well, I I think you're starting to listen to the players. The players wanted Nick Savage to stay. Um, That wasn't a move that Billy made initially. He's at Ole Miss. Uh, He'll be back in the swamp in November. Um, I think the move uh, away from Mark hockey was a lot of player driven. Um, And then, you know, obviously backed up by, data uh and and just film uh, of florida not being as as physical as the teams they were playing um so i think you're you're starting to see maybe okay well you're not going to let the players run the program but uh you do need to listen to their voice um they well, are if they were com- all, go ahead they, i mean they are after all the ones like you know we you put a lot on the coaches billy's play calls stink it's like well listen billy's not throwing the ball he's not blocking the nose tackle. He's not the linebacker who made the tackle for loss. The players still have to execute it. So you don't let the players make the decisions. Uh, it's not their decision to make, but their input is valuable. Uh, and and yeah. we're seeing players gain more and more control uh, over college football with the transfer portal and name image likeness uh, and everything that's going on right now. So it's important for them to be happy. Yeah. Um, and feel like their voices and concerns and wants and needs are being listened to and factored into the decision-making. 
And as you said, Nick, if there were complaints before about how things were, and if now there are people beating on the table for things to stay the way they are, that's a good sign of progress. Uh, it's be better than, you know, the opposite, uh, which is where some things were. Um, so I, I think to be able to continue into phase two, um, not really have, uh, you know, much change at all. And then obviously you go into to spring ball and that, you know, they still have to figure out a 10th assistant. And uh, that's something that we'll continue to monitor at, at Gators online. But uh, congrats to Tyler Miles. This move has not officially been announced yet. Um, uh, like you were just, we were saying before we started, Nick, I'm not sure if it will be announced, but we will talk to him at the start of spring ball. And it's usually on the first day. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the first day. I wonder if they make Ron Roberts available uh, or if they make Austin Armstrong available uh, since you have uh, the head coach of the defense yeah. uh, the head and coach the defensive coordinator. You know, Nick, now that you say that. Tyler Miles should have been called, like, director of supreme leading of heavy lifting things, <laughs> of picking should, heavy stuff up. We, we, we could maybe – lobby to get ron every week because he is a head coach he is every yep right after billy on mondays uh <laughs> well i want to continue this conversation on the strength staff before we uh you know switch gears but before we do that uh want to give a shout out to florida victorious uh, i know nick's got the ad read for us but uh one of our new sponsors and they're continuing to be in the headlines nick and um you know we'll talk about that in a second but uh let them know about the gator defense fund Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, if you're tuned in to our show, the Gators Online show, chances are you're already familiar with Florida Victorious, the proud NIL collective of the Florida Gators. The Florida Victorious crew is proudly sponsoring this year's Orange and Blue game. They've set an ambitious goal to raise a quarter million dollars, $250,000 for the Gator Defense Fund before the game. Donating to the Gator Defen Defense Fund directly boosts funds available for NIL opportunities. That means Florida Victorious can keep Florida's best players right at Florida where they belong. No more worrying about rivals swooping in to steal their stars away. Investing in the Gator Defense Fund also positions Florida as an attractive destination for future Gators. It's all about securing Florida's place as a powerhouse in college athletics for years to come. Head on over to www.gatordefensefund.com to make your donation today. Yep, and we saw uh, the Swamp Restaurant getting involved, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with with Florida Victorious as well. A really, really smart campaign uh, that they announced uh, on Wednesday, and that is if you go to the Swamp Restaurant in Gainesville, uh, you can basically support uh, Florida Victorious every time you make a purchase. It, you know, it gives you the option to donate to Florida Victorious. Um, and, 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 and they already have uh, a percentage of the sh uh, sales that go as well. So um, really, really cool thing that they're doing there. And uh, nothing cooler, though, Nick, 
than this story that came out this week as we talk NIL. Um, DeAndre Robinson on his YouTube channel, which he is very active on, and uh, you know, shout out to him for running that and keeping content going, especially in the offseason. Uh, but he revealed in his latest video that he's been able to uh, purchase his mom a new home. Not sure where it's at, but uh, the video of it is incredible, her reaction and, and breakdown and, and him being able to do that for his mom. And obviously to see a moment like that and to know that NIL you know, played a role in that, I think everybody would hope that that's you know, what it can do. Um, and, and that's the good side of NIL. Um, but, but man – uh shows that Florida Victorious is in a pretty good spot. And uh they made sure to share that video, Nick. Yeah, well, you know, uh signed with Texas, maybe in a little double dip situation there that with too. NIL. That um too. And, and listen, it's I think it's an awesome story. I think it's a dream to be able to take care um of your parents uh who give so much, you know, for you, give up give up their lives to to give your you a life as, as a kid. And I think the home is in Orlando. Um he has some uh an older brother, older sister, uh and, and a little nephew or niece, I think as well. His sister has a baby. Um so that's great. Now I I, I hope that we're teaching financial literacy because these guys are 1099 workers. And as a former 1099 independent contractor, <laughs> um, the check that you receive does not have anything taken out of it. Uh, and I learned that the hard way <laughs> my first year, not taking, um, not taking money aside for taxes, but you know, a $100 check, is not $100 in your pocket. So I hope we are providing some financial literacy. I'm, I'm 35 years old and I don't, I can't handle my own finances. Thank God for my wife. Um, <laughs> so I hope we're teaching guys like, Hey, if you got a hundred thousand dollars, uncle Sam's going to want to take about 55,000 of that uh, come April. And, and he'll get obviously through Gator made, uh, those financial literacy courses. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they do them with freshmen early. And, uh, you know, obviously this is an investment that he's making and uh, yeah, you know, Listen, uh, buy, buying a home is a much better investment than buying a Lamborghini. Yeah. And, and I know <laughs> I saw some people come why didn't he buy a car? He got a car too. Don't worry, folks. He did buy himself a car. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen that story, uh, Go over and check that out at Gators Online and go watch the video as well that he's got on his YouTube channel. And uh, again, courtesy of NIL and and the good that it can do. Now, on a bad note, Nick, before we uh, get into some other sports, we got to talk about this. Um, one of these guys is no surprise, um, but the other one is is somewhat noteworthy. And if you haven't seen this news, it's it's not anything that's been reported. Um, and, and and maybe it's it's not a big deal, but these are two more hires that Billy's going to have to make. In addition to um, his tenth assistant coach, now you would think that Tyler would probably be uh, the one that's making the call here. Um, but there's going to have to be two more additions now to Billy's staff in the strength department because two assistant strength coaches are leaving with Craig Fitzgerald to go to Boston College. Now, one of them, as I said, is no surprise. That's Tevin Geddes. Uh, if you've followed along on our reporting at Gators Online, you're familiar with that name. He came over with Fitzgerald from the New York Giants. So 
He's tied to him. Really no shock that he's, you know, still going with him to Boston College. And, and that was something that we learned early in the week. However, we also have learned on Wednesday that Carmichael Dunbar II is also going with Fitzgerald to Boston College. And that's a little bit more of an interesting departure. Uh, Dunbar has been at Florida the past two seasons, and he came over with Billy Napier uh, from Louisiana where he was there for three years with him. So a total of five years with Napier. He's deciding to make a move with Fitzgerald. Um, he was in the player development department with Tyler Miles. Dunbar was. Um, so not sure what his role is going to be at Boston College, if he's getting a promotion, if he's getting a raise. Doesn't really have any ties to that area. Um, but what are your reactions to these two departures, Nate? And, and especially, I mean, look, Fitzgerald already put Florida in a tough spot, but then he also takes two of their strength coaches too. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, doesn't know Florida anything. Was nope. here for five weeks. Um, he needs to be successful at his new job. He's also being hired by his close friend. Uh, you're not going to tell your close friend, like, hey, listen, I, I put Florida in a bad spot, so I'm not going to take any of the, the guys I liked during my time there. Uh, I don't think that'd be fair to them. Um, I don't think he cares. I don't think he should care <laughs> if he's leaving Florida in a bad spot. It's a business. Uh, college football is a gigantic business. Um, and he had no allegiance to Florida. Um, I, I think you'll be fine. There's so many people on staff, so many people on the strength staff. Um, you've got students, graduate assistants that, that can also help out. You do need to fill out the staff. But like I said, you're Tyler you're will be able in, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know that that's on Billy's plate, you know, as much as it is on, on Tyler Miles' plate. Yeah. So, uh, something worth noting there again, not, no surprise really with, with Tevin, uh, Carmichael was a, was a little bit, uh, something that wasn't expected, but is he getting a raise? Is he getting a promotion? Is he just want to change the scenery? Um, you know, best of luck to those guys and, uh, Florida will move on and we will as well. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Prairie Dental Center. The doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems, along with advanced skills to provide more efficient and effective care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of options to meet your needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you and your new patient exam will be free. Um, the Gators were in action last night against number 13, Alabama, uh, and they were the newly ranked Gators as well. They were number 24 in the country, finally uh, sneak into the polls, and then they uh, suffer a overtime loss uh, in Tuscaloosa, their first of the season. And uh, it snaps a three-game winning streak, uh, and you know this is not – a game that Florida had to have by any means. Uh, but if it was one that they got, now you're talking about potentially winning the SEC regular season title. And um, now you're, you're, you're really on the map in terms of the national scene. Your, your seeding could, could probably even go up higher. Um, but again, it, I don't think that you can get too upset about the result. I think the, the biggest thing that you'd get uh, frustrated by is that the Florida had a chance to win. 
And, you know, they were 3-0 and in overtime games prior to Wednesday night. Weren't able to get it done on the road. That's a pretty tough environment to go and win. Um, but the Gators did a lot of good things. You know, Alabama was the number one scoring offense in the country, number one three-point shooting team in the country. Opened the game one for 17 from downtown. Uh, and then they didn't hit their second three until a possession where they got counted four offensive rebounds. Yeah. Four offensive rebounds in one possession. Um, they hit their second three. They were two of 18 in the first half. The second half, Nick, they didn't attempt a three-pointer for nine minutes after the break. They're like, we're, we're done. Um, and then when they did try and they made them, they were five for eight, I think, in the second half. Um, but still they only finished with eight and they 25% from downtown, which was their worst percentage from uh three point range in sec play. So the Gators, that's a really big positive coming out of that game. Uh, a negative was that they got dominated down low and it was interesting because mm -hmm. right out of the gate, Florida just attacked the paint and just hammered it in there. And, and they, they were trying to get Micah going, trying to get uh, Tyree Samuel going, but Alabama ended up outscoring the Gators. I think it was 56 to 40 in the paint and they out re out rebounded Florida by 10, which is uh, the Gators didn't have many advantages when you looked at the matchup breakdown going into this game, but one of them was rebounding and for them to get out rebounded in this game, that definitely hurt their chances to win. So um, they got to regroup. They get Vanderbilt at home on Saturday, another sellout crowd, but um you gotta win your home games. Like, like this would have yeah. been a great road Q one win. I think you can take some encouragement that, like, when you when you put out Zach um, that list of like who had the advantage in all these matchups. I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, Alabama's scoring 100 tonight, and Florida might have to <laughs> really hoop to keep it close. So I think Florida played really well on the road. Um, kind of just fell apart. Didn't have. Um, didn't have it going for them in, in in overtime, but you get Alabama again this year at home. Uh, you have to defend your home your home court. Um, when you look at the rest of Florida's schedule, there's some opportunities for some Q1 wins. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I think if you just protect your home court, get a win at Vanderbilt, uh, I think Florida, you know, will still have a chance to uh, to have a good seed going into where do they play the tournament in Nashville, right? At Bridgestone, in Nashville, oh, have a good know. chance. I I want to go, man. You should go up there. But I, I, I gotta. It's either that. I mean, I'll say it's either. But uh, you know, I, I'll I hold down spring football if you if you go to the honky tonks up in Nashville. Zach. How about that? <laughs> well, I want to. Well, I want to go to the NCAA tournament too. So I don't know. Got to figure it out. Got to figure out the budget. Yeah, we got to figure out the budget because hey, man, I don't know how long this team could play into March. Uh, depending on their seed and depending on the bracket that they get in and who their second round matchup could be. Uh, yeah. Florida's listen, Florida is a team that if they are healthy and they, they get going, you don't want any parts of them in March. Like Alabama learned that last night. And now granted in, in this should be noted that they were without one of their best players and, and one of their sharpshooters, from three in uh, Latrell uh, right cell who was out with a head injury. So that kind of forced Alabama to play a different lineup. They had to play with two bigs and guard Florida that way, which is not usually what they do. So 
the fact that they were able to win the game despite not having him, despite not shooting well from three and playing a different defense, um, you know, that bodes well for their chances maybe in Gainesville if they get him back. Um, but that's also a game that the Gators are going to want to get done. I mean, if they if they can get the tied back in Gainesville, um, yeah. it's kind of like kind of like the flip of what happened with Kentucky. Um, but that would be huge for seeding, obviously. At, at this point, that's what they're playing for. I, I think, if, yeah. like you said, Nick, if they take care of business at home, win the games that they're supposed to win, especially against some of these teams that have really poor records in SEC play, Florida's, you know, they're, they're going to be in the 7-8 range, but hey, if you can get a win over South Carolina, an upset, or find a way to beat Alabama at home, make a run in Nashville, now you're talking about a potential five seed or or, or maybe even higher. So um, still a lot of ball left. And um, just an update on their net rankings, uh, they remained at 29 overall despite Wednesday's results. So it'll be interesting to see if the Gators – remain in the top 25 in the AP poll, depending on how they play against Vanderbilt on Saturday. They win. It'll, it'll totally depend on uh, how they play. If you, if yeah. you squeak past Vanderbilt at home, you'll get, dropped. Uh, you'll get dropped out uh, a convincing dominating win. Cause like, yes, Florida lost and, and the score, the score, the end the final score does not tell the story of that game. Florida led at halftime. Florida led late into the game. Yeah. Um, Florida had every chance to win that game in regulation. Um, so the, you know, it, it's the, even though the, it's not a double digit win for Alabama, but the score, the final score doesn't dictate, you know, or tell the whole story about what that game looked like. We were watching it uh, <laughs> up in the press box at Condren last night, uh, keeping track of the game. Yeah, it was uh it was it was a tough one. I mean, I wouldn't characterize this one at all as some of the other games where Florida lost late leads. Like this this got close in the last 5 minutes and was back and forth that final mm-hmm. minutes, but they they were up by 10. I mean, they did get a double digit lead. Um still they do enjoy they do enjoy losing double digit leads. It it does seem to be <laughs> something they enjoy doing on a weekly basis. No, I don't think it's they enjoy part- doing it. <laughs> oh, you know, they, they do it often. Uh, they do it often just, enough. I'm going to think you enjoy it. They seem to be prone to it. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, Walter Clayton seems to be prone to 20-point games. Uh, yeah. His 10th overall last season, his fourth straight 20-point game, and then I think his fifth in the last six games. I mean, this dude's been going off. He had 27 points last night, led all scores. That was one shy of his season high, and he had two chances in regulation and uh, in regulation to win it and then in overtime to tie it and uh, just couldn't get it to fall. But listen, man, the way that guy's been playing, you live with that shot. Uh, Todd Golden didn't take a timeout there late. Um, I think Zion Pullen was also a guy that put up a jumper that, didn't, that they didn't get to fall, but uh, you know he scored 17. I mean, th- those two have been playing really, really well. Uh, in the backcourt and then shout out to uh Florida's bigs. I mean, they they got you know Alabama got the advantage of, of them overall, but those guys still made plays. Tyree Samuel made plays, finished with 14 points. Alex Condon took a freaking elbow to the head that I don't know how the that people's didn't... elbow. Oh my gosh. Um but he played through it. He finished with 10 points and then uh Micah Hanlogden 
Team high, 13 rebounds, three blocks, including the rejection at the rim on the last play of regulation where uh, Sears was right there to make a game-winning shot, and he said, get out of here. Um, a huge play by Mike. I, I honestly thought that after that, Florida was going to take that momentum into overtime and get another win, and Alabama jumped out to a 7-0 lead and um, was able to take it from there. So uh, the Gators can get the quadrant one win. They're now two and eight against quadrant one opponents, four and zero oh against um, quad two teams, and then also undefeated against quad three and quad four opponents. So eighteen and eight you know, overall. I don't know Go if ahead. we know this, but uh, we saw a bunch of people asking about Riley Kugel, Kegel, Kugel, and uh, him not playing or playing sparingly. Um, I don't know that Todd, uh, since since no no one was at the game to ask Todd. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, we, we don't have any know information there. No, and and I mean honestly, this is not the first time it happened, so I don't. It's not like I'm running to the phones to to figure out. Uh, I did see somebody mention on our board that maybe he was uh, under the weather. Um, you know, there has been some stuff going around, uh, but I, I don't know that. So we'll figure that out again. This is uh, if his if they just tighten the bench. This is not the first time that that's happened to him. So um, you know, I. It would have been great, obviously, if he could have impacted the game because that, that could have made a difference there. Um, and I definitely get why fans uh, would want to know. So um, jump to our final ad read before we talk some Florida baseball after the first week of the 2024 season. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, looking for a side hustle while working your current job, Wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy, Andy can help. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have questions about business ownership with franchises. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling or texting him at 404 973 nine nine zero one the gators are two and one on the season um ooh, wrong tab there after uh getting two wins over unf and uh i mean would you classify this as an opening weekend series yeah. loss uh not really um but the gators dropped their season opener uh, and then don't get to get saturday or sunday in thanks to mother nature and um, Nick got an easy weekend that he probably wasn't expecting, um, <laughs> but also probably deserved because he drove to Jacksonville on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, it was cold, but uh, Florida gets the uh, I guess I called it a series sweep. They only played two games, two minute games against UNF. Um, play UNF pretty much every year, but they did a home and home. Yeah. Um, Tuesday night was a thirteen hit barrage and a ten o. Uh, run rule win. You get Jack Caglione's first home run of the year. He was moved up from third in the lineup to second. Uh, we asked Sully about that, and uh, you're kind of seeing stuff like this throughout baseball. You know, Jack Caglione was is your best hitter um, and your power hitter, so he hits three or four, and that's kind of just like how baseball did it. You don't think about it. That guy goes into that lineup, but I mean, you're seeing guys like Kyle Schwarber lead off uh in philly and you're seeing guys and it's just like hey let's get our best hitters um up as many times as possible and i think 
uh, you know, Sully moves Jack into the two hole uh, on Tuesday night and his first at bat, he hits a home run. Um, he finished the game two for three, four RBIs and a run scored. Um, Tuesday was really for me though. This, the, the story was Liam Peterson. Um, and this is the guy I said is probably, or not even probably is the best freshman arm I've seen since Brady Singer. He goes out, strikes out seven over three innings, uh, doesn't give up a run, just one hit and a little infield chopper. Um, he looks fantastic. Uh, we'll see him again at home. If you're in Gainesville, come out and see the Columbia. What are they? The bears? Is that Columbia bears? I don't know. Uh, come see Columbia. He'll pitch Saturday. Kate Fisher on Friday. Um, but it was just an overall team win. Florida's pitching staff was really good on the road in their first road, uh, road game of the year. Uh, and then obviously 13 hits, you come home to play, uh, and you jump out to an early seven Oh lead after four innings, you get into the bullpen, uh, and, and Florida gives up three runs. All of a sudden we're looking at a game that was seven, nothing. And now, you're a couple of walks, a bloop, and a home run away from being in a tied game with UNF at home. So Michael Robertson led Florida's offense, which had 11 hits. He went four for five, career-high four hits, mm. career-high three RBIs. Ty Evans, um, who had a sports hernia in the fall, comes back in the spring, gets hit in the hand, uh, and has a hairline fracture. He comes back. He's one for three. With two RBIs, Tyler Shelnett was two for three with three RBIs. Uh, and another freshman, Alex Philpot, who has one of the best sliders on the team, uh, he comes in and he looks really good. And his start, it's a controlled start, so he gets a win. That's kind of what we talked about before the year. Florida's freshman arms are going to have to show up. And, and Florida used a bunch of them. You used, um, who else a after him? I think... Hunter Jones, who's an Ocala guy, I called him OVO for you, Zach. Ocala's very own. All right. Um, and uh, and they also went with Robert Satin, who's a lefty, crafty little lefty. Um, so you, you get a couple more freshmen to get their feet wet and get out of there. Um, but I think Phil Pot was really um, – had a walk, but really kind of dialed in, made, making his uh, pitching day or starting pitching debut – Threw three scoreless, only allowed two hits, and struck out two. Um, so good game for Florida. You get you get the the bad taste out of your mouth. Really losing on Friday to St. John's. Like, listen, it's going to happen. It's baseball. Wake Forest. Was it good just to lost. just get out of the way? Well, like like listen, no one's going. No one has ever gone undefeated in college. No, that baseball. ain't happening. Never happened. It's never going to happen. Um, UNC Greensboro just beat Wake Forest, uh, who's number one. LSU has a lot like you're gonna lose. Uh, Kate Fisher didn't have his stuff, uh, and St. John's beat Florida, like that's gonna happen. Um, Columbia is good, Columbia could very well come in and beat Florida this weekend. The Lions, the, sky, the Lions, Ly Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh my, <laughs> um, I, I think it's Cornell are the Bears. Um, Columbia has some beautiful baby blue jerseys that we'll see uh, this mm. weekend as well. But Columbia was picked to finish second in the Ivy League. They're a really old roster, a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors, a lot of future Fortune 500 CEOs, I'm sure, on the roster. Um, but they're a good team, and and the sky won't fall, uh, and, and we won't fire Sully, uh, and we won't cancel the season if the Lions beat the Gators once or twice, uh, twice might be 
maybe we'll start firing people if they, twice if they be tough. twice. <laughs> but it's a good team. And, and then uh, next week is really exciting. Uh, you get a couple midweek games, I think, with Stetson. And then it's Mark Light Shake time for me and the wife. Get to go down and see my parents, uh, Florida, Miami. Uh, a little preview. God, that's uh, we'll have a pre. Yeah, man, we're, it's, we're we are rapidly running through baseball season. We're only two. We're only one full week in. Uh, three games done. Football's on the way. Yo, Miami series is coming. The Florida State midweek season or midweek series is less than a month away. Like we're getting, we quickly get into the thick of it. Nick, spring football starts on March seventh. Today, or depend if you're listening to this live here, uh, it's literally two weeks from today, March 7th. The six days before that, you cover five baseball games, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that is insane. And then the day yeah. after, uh, you got a series at home against St. Mary's, so yeah, I think, and then Florida State's the Tuesday after that. Mm. Maybe this yeah, time of year, early, early baseball season is, is a lot. So um, we're at the park Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're off Monday, but then you're there Tuesday, Wednesday, you're off Thursday, but then you're there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off Monday, back Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and, and then just wait and when football practice. and when, yeah. and when football starts, it's basically a, we're working seven days a week for a month, but listen, we're watching sports. Sort we're of. Not, we are uh, those, not those early those early football practices, like we're we're kind of watching sports. Listen, the sport that you cover outside of football and the sport that I cover outside of football, two different time commitments. Yeah, yeah. Baseball's <laughs> a baseball's a big time commitment. We're uh, we are at the park a lot. Uh, my wife texted me last night. I think it was like two hours into the game. And she's like, hey, tell the guys they did great. Come home. And I'm like, it's the sixth inning. Like, we're not anywhere close to coming home. And, home and don't you, home's don't not, you home's not a thing me. yet. Don't text <laughs> me asking me what time is the game going to get over. No, no, no. We don't talk about how long games are going. We don't talk about the weather. I think we. I don't think we've had a three-hour game. But we did have like a two-hour and 30-minute seven-inning game on Tuesday, which was tough. Tough <laughs> out in the cold. Out in the cold in Jacksonville. Uh, Shout out to Dan Thompson out. in his favorite city of Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. That's right. <laughs> before we get out of here, um, who impressed you the most from the first week uh, that you that you got to see in, in the three games? One guy. Uh, one guy. It's going to be Liam Peterson. Um, he he's a guy who I think could be the Florida's Friday night starter at some point during the year. Mm. Um, other than Pierce Capala, who started one game before going through his two years of injuries, the last uh, f- true freshman to start on the weekends was Logan Shore. And Logan Shore, I think, started either on Sundays or Saturdays. But by the end of his freshman year, he was their Friday night guy and then pitched on Friday night for three years. And, and that's mm. so rare, especially in the SEC, to get a guy who's ready and has is developed enough and ready to handle pitching on Fridays in, in the sec. Um, I, I think this kid is, uh, Liam Peterson, super impressive. Uh, and then with the bat, I think I'm going to have to go with Michael Robertson. I, I did not think 
he was going to hit enough, you know, watching him last year, he got to a point where he was benched last year because he wasn't hitting, um, really showing some good bat control. I, I don't know why they were shifting him yesterday, uh, but he stayed inside the ball and just took the ball the other way, collected a couple doubles career night for him. Um, he plays, he plays a very good, uh, outfield and, and it looks like he, he has developed and matured a little bit in the box as well. So got to give him some props because I've been, uh, a hard judge of him, uh, <laughs> last year. And then other than two games getting rained out, what do you think bothered Kevin O'Sullivan the most from walks. the first week? Walks. <laughs> it will always bother Kevin O'Sullivan. I need to I need to have him send me the actual stats. Um, I think I had them on my computer at some point, but I deleted them. Oh, here you go. So these are major league stats. Sully hammers home. The first pitch needs to be a strike. The two of the first three needs to be a strike. And if you look at the MLB averages, the batting average for a one Oh count is 260 with a 380 on base percentage. The batting average is 120 points lower. If you have an Oh one count mm. and the on base percentage is a hundred points lower. Florida walked eight and hit a batter in the season opener. Uh, there is no, quicker way to find a seat next to Kevin O'Sullivan for the duration of a game and or the season <laughs> than to walk guys when you get an opportunity to pitch. And this first month of the season, uh, I've tried to listen. I've, I've been covering cop, uh, Florida baseball now for over a decade, and I've been trying to hammer this in um, the first month of the season. You're just giving guys opportunities to earn your trust for when the SEC uh, slate starts. Midweeks, I can whisper it. I can scream it. Some people listen, some don't. Midweeks don't matter. Um, yeah. Three, Really, three midweeks matter, Florida State. Uh, and those only matter because they're a rivalry. Uh, sure. You need to win 20 SEC games. That, that's what you need to do. Um, if you lose to Stetson on Tuesday, it's okay. Um, don't get swept in the midweeks. Don't go over the, the midweeks, but... They don't matter the same. And I'm sure I'll have that one guy uh, who was yelling at me last year when I told him that Hoover didn't matter for Florida either because they were already locked in as a national seed. Uh, Hoover probably won't matter for the Gators either. We'll see. Maybe there'll be a bubble team. Uh, but for those top four seeds, Hoover doesn't matter either. You got to win your SEC weekend, Zach. But, yeah, if uh, – if you're walking, guys, your seat will be just a little bit better than me, but we will both <laughs> be doing the same thing. We'll be watching the game. Yep. So, uh, no, 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 Terry, all the uh, pitching staff. I'm sure they heard plenty of it. Yeah. 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 There was uh, a couple more walks uh, sprinkled in these last two games, but, but much better. Uh, but yeah, eight walks and a hit batter in a game is not going to, uh, you're not going to have a happy Kevin O'Sullivan uh, in the dugout speaking with you after the game. Well, we are happy because spring is in full swing and we've uh, got a lot going on at Gators online. So make sure if you are not in the door, uh, you can get in the door for just a dollar for the first month. And um, a lot of stuff that we've got coming up for spring ball recruiting is going to heat up. And then obviously men's hoops and baseball are in full swing. And uh, 
doing the mail stack again this off season. So if you got your questions and want to be part of that, you can submit them on our message board and uh, and join the conversation as well. We got a lively bunch there. Uh, well, hold on. Let's uh, shout out the people that are here live. So Taylor, Lucas, the Gata Man, uh, Harrison, just freezing in veil. And then this one is special to me, Zach. Stephen Hillen is my old high school baseball teammate. Shout out to Steve. Shout uh, out also to Steve. former former UNF baseball player, but Gator Booster. Uh, and judging by the ballpark, Harmon Ballpark that I was at on Tuesday night, Steve Hillen's money is going to Florida uh, and not to his alma mater or the baseball program. Uh, Steve, send them 50 bucks. They need it uh, for that park. Yeah. Um, and hey, send us a buck if you need to get uh, your scoop yeah. on. We, we got it. On. We got Steve. Steve signed up. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, all you out there listening that aren't signed up like Steve, uh, you're going to want to be once spring ball comes around. We are two weeks away. We'll start uh, previewing the team. I'll release my depth chart projections. Uh, Nick's doing his early enrollee introduction. Uh, so we'll continue to roll out more stories as we get closer. And uh, as always, you can follow Nick's coverage on baseball, my coverage on basketball, Keith and Corey on the recruiting front. And uh, make sure you check us out. And also like and subscribe here on the Gators Online show as uh, we keep the videos coming right here on this channel. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, commenting live, and uh, reading all our coverage this past week. We'll be back at it this weekend. Uh, see if the Gators can get back on track in the O-Dome against Vandy. And uh, as we join you guys next, next week, we will also start to preview spring football and look ahead to that as well. So for Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. We'll see you guys next week.